we finally here at Hip Hop's like a golden age Run my bubble to y'all, this another page Flowing my anger and frustration Tits from fans, I'm appreciating I've inspired a few and accomplished a goal Now I'm after the whole wide world Hello and welcome to episode number 20 of Ope Sports with Jordan Adams. We are here today again with co-host Andrew. Hey. How are you? Hey Jordan, how are you? Doing alright. Um, well, let's just start right away with the MLB. Um, the World Series is now locked in. It's the Texas Rangers versus the Arizona Diamondbacks. Um, I don't really care about baseball outside of the Twins. Um, but it kind of felt good knowing that Houston, they, they're, they're not going. They lost. Because um, I didn't like them when they were cheaters, and I didn't like them that they beat the Twins. So, you know, and, you know, you can't be that mad in Texas. Like, it's just the big town over that's going instead, right? I mean, yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, I was just seeing, t- too, like, two years ago, both of these teams were just absolutely terrible. So um, I guess it kind of goes to show that MLB's kind of like NFL, too, where things can change real quick. Um, but that's all I really have to say for the MLB. Now let's get into the NBA. Andre Igudala has officially retired. Um, he is a four-time NBA champion, all with Golden State, a one-time Finals MVP, one-time All-Star, two-time All-Defensive Team, and one-time Olympic Gold Champion. I know you're not too into basketball, but I have been arguing for years that i think he deserves to be in the hall of fame um what do you think with that i mean even in nfl terms you win four championships you get a uh mvp of the super bowl um one all-star appearance and two all defensive so say he made maybe an all pro team or something yeah what do you think uh from a hall of fame perspective that might be I I think that pretty much nails everything they look for, like personal personal achievements, a, and then you know you got the championship ring to back it up. Uh, that's usually the two things that people look for with a Hall of Fame record. Yeah, you know, there's a lot of people saying that he's not because I mean, so his career started over in Philly, and he was kind of like the man. I think that's where he got his All Star and. Uh, one of his all-defensive teams. Then he came to Golden State. I don't remember if it was free agency or a trade. Um, but, you know, he was kind of the veteran for that core of Curry and Thompson and uh, Draymond Green that we've spent years talking about, and then Kevin Durant, too, in the future. Um, but for that first champion, he was the MVP. You know, he he went head-to-head against LeBron, and this is before they had Durant. So, like, they were just... They were a good team that had pretty much you know, been developed by themselves except for Igudala. He took over that series and he got the MVP. You know, he took on LeBron and then he contributed to three more with the team. So I don't see how you can argue that he's not because, yeah, maybe just the one all-star appearance and two NBA teams, uh, all defense. It's maybe not enough for some people. But you know what? That finals MVP, I think that is absolutely huge because that shows that when the moment mattered the most he stepped up and was the best player on the court for a championship and then he was able to contribute elsewhere and also have a successful individual career so to me you know he's kind of the best of both worlds some people might go to just championships and just ride the bench and not do anything for their whole career while other people might you know pad with 15 16 all-stars and never win a chip 
and people debate about those two. I just, I think this is a perfect example of a guy that does meet all the qualifications. So, I mean, yeah, it's, it's time for him to retire and three, four, five years, whatever it is, you know, we'll see if he makes it, I guess. Um, also in NBA news, they officially announced today they are bringing back the All-Star East versus West format. This is the first time it's happened since 2017. I am thrilled. I hated it when it was the stupid draft teams. Like, it's been Team LeBron or Team Giannis all these years, and, like, they draft, like, friends. I think East and West just, it kind of adds some competitiveness to me. I thought it it kind of lacked that the last few years. So, not that the All-Star game is that cool, but I, I just think that it kind of adds some more entertainment value, and I, I just prefer the East-West format. So, I'm really glad they decided to go back to it. Uh, Grizzlies center Steven Adams needs season-ending surgery, which is a big blow. Uh, Damian and I, before the NBA season had started, talked about how uh, gritty Memphis could probably be, and Steven Adams was, you know, hard up in that list. They have the defensive player of the year, Jaron Jackson, uh, John Morant, when he's not suspended for gun-related issues, and Derrick Rose, you know, they're building a really deep good roster and Steven Adams was a part of that so him going out before the season even starts is just ouch um and then also Giannis Antetokounmpo has signed a three-year 186 million dollar deal with the Milwaukee Bucks to me Dame Time locked him up and you know, secured him not leaving. There was rumors of it all summer that he might be leaving. If And he even said, you know, if uh, my best interest in a championship is elsewhere, I might have to go. So, you know, they bring in Damian Lillard, a top NBA player, and boom, three-year extension. Uh, Milwaukee has to be thrilled with that. I mean, just imagine your superstar is about to walk out the door, and, you know, you just get another top five player added to your roster. Like, you know, that's a big thinking, oh, no, and then just a boom of excitement for a, you know, smaller market in the NBA. Uh, Pretty cool stuff to me. Um, And then finally in NBA news, Timberwolves forward Jade McDaniels has re-signed with a five-year, $136 million extension. Uh, He came in with our draft class with Anthony Edwards, and these two are the future. I am glad they locked him up. Ant's a potential MVP, And McDaniels is a potential defensive player of the year. I think these two are, you know, two of the best players we have for sure. Gobert, Towns are fine. I would trade Towns eventually and try and get some assets for him if you can, because McDaniels and Ant are your future. You lock down Nas Reed for good depth, too. I mean, this team is nice, and McDaniels had a growth spurt this summer, too. Dude is just huge and lengthy and I'm just so glad we locked him up. Uh, I believe the Timberwolves start tonight, uh, but he's out. I know he missed the playoffs last year because he punched a, a brick wall. And I got He got mad after the game and hit it and uh, broke his like wrist or something, so he was like out for the series. So hopefully that immaturity stops, but at least he's not flashing guns on Instagram, apologizing, and then doing it again the next day. So... Uh, at least we have that going in his favor. Uh, but now let's get into NFL news. Um, this is a pretty cool one, Andrew. The Jets trade wide receiver McCole Hardman to the KC Chiefs. 
Uh, this guy's a two-time champ. He made a second-team All-Pro and one Pro Bowl, uh, all with KC. You know, got the contract to go to the Jets. wasn't seen, wasn't getting the offer with KC. Thought Aaron Rodgers would be there. Well, things didn't pan out. Now he's back in KC, and we've seen the offense struggle at times at the wide receiver position there in KC. Hardman is, I mean, he's that B tier receiver who's an A tier with Mahomes to me. Um, big boost for that team in their Super Bowl uh, oh, yeah. aspirations, especially that middling offense that they've been uh, middling to KC standards that they've been putting out there since the start of the season, really. Uh, it'll, it's just a nice boost. You don't have to worry about Kadarius Tony's, uh, brick hands anymore. And, uh, you finally have someone to take a little bit of the, uh, pressure off of Kelsey as being the only competent pass catcher on the Kansas City Chiefs. Really, it's just a win-win for everybody. The only bummer, I guess, would be that Kansas City really needs to learn what wide receivers to keep. They left, they let... Tyreek Hill go and he's still just balling out obvious huge drop in offensive production after he left and uh then they got rid of Nicole Hardman and uh decided that they needed to then spend some draft capital in order to get him back so you know lesson learned hopefully from the side of KC that they need to latch on to their wide receivers a little bit better but yeah I'm excited to see them see that reunion um, so talking about what you just did, I, I 50-50 agree with you on those receiver examples, for sure, Hardman, um, but I also think maybe it's a learning, uh, lesson, a lesson learned for him, as well as the Chiefs, he signed with, I believe it was a one-year six million dollar deal, that's probably, you know, it's bigger money than the Chiefs offered him for sure, but that's not like, I mean, maybe, yeah, it's kind of life-changing money, but in yeah. NFL terms, it's really not life-changing money. It's it's pedestrian receiver money. Yeah. Um, so maybe, and and he didn't really produce there, and he lost Aaron Rodgers, uh, and there's this fun stat. He has one catch and six yards for both the Jets and Kansas City this year. He played he played this last week for Casey. He caught one catch for six yards. That's what he has with the Jets. So he's two catches, 12 yards, even Steven on both teams. Um <laughs> So yeah, I mean, it has to be better for him. He's like, dang, what I did five or six games at the Jets, I did one here in KC, and this is when I, because I'm, I'm sure he hasn't forgotten the playbook, but you know, it's probably just that one week little gap of re-getting into it and everything, so. Moving. Right, yep. Um, and yeah, this is a guy with 153 catches, 2,100 yards, and 16 touchdowns. He's Probably after Kelsey, the most decorated receiver on that team. And Kelsey's not even a receiver. I mean, he is, but yeah. technically. <laughs> so Hardman might truly be the best wide receiver in KC right now. Oh, I don't think that's a question. Yeah. Um. So, yeah, good for them. Uh, probably doesn't hurt the Jets at all. I wasn't seeing any playtime there. Uh, yeah. Get some draft capital out of it. Actually, probably a great signing for them. You know, yeah. kind of didn't pan out, and you still got something out of it. So, uh Kudos to everyone, I suppose. Um, and now this is something that you had brought up last week, and I thought it was hilarious because just this headline came out. Pat's head coach, Bill Belichick, has agreed to a multi-year extension this offseason. It was done quietly. So that's hilarious because the team is just bombing, and then you're like, you know, well, there has to be a question about him. And yeah, yeah, you're probably right. And then just this week, oh, no, 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 he's here to stay. <laughs> I mean, I did hear that, you know, it's still not a guarantee, and he's older, so he could retire or whatever, but 
Uh, to me, it's probably an extension that just kind of is in good faith of, uh, you know, retire here or whatever. Yeah. So, um, but that win, that win this week. So who knows? Who yeah. knows? And I mean, the Patriots were never going to fire Bill Belichick. Like you he's, can't. yeah, right. he's leaving as a Patriot regardless. So I think you're right. That is probably just to guarantee that fact. Did you know they did that uh, last time he had a um, huge contract extension? I did not. Yeah, uh, so they save the contract extensions they give Bill Belichick until people are mad at Bill Belichick. I swear to God, it's true. (laughs) (laughs) Like, they will hold that off until people start to have questions, and then they throw that out there to get the public back in their faith. (laughs) (laughs) And a win against the Bills. We'll have to see if that coordinates, too. A win against the Bills (laughs) when he gave the last one. (laughs) Um. And now this this is a big trade. The Eagles have traded safety Terrell Edwards, a 2024 fifth rounder, and a 2024 sixth rounder for safety Kevin Bayard with the Titans. Um, Bayard is a two-time first-team All-Pro, two-time Pro Bowl, and one-time interception leader. That is a significant boost for that team. Um, player on player, it's a definitely a huge upgrade and you only gave up a fifth and a sixth with how deep and talented they are the fifth and sixth probably weren't making the team so i mean just if if you already have a super bowl roster and you're able to make it even better without giving anything i mean ooh, the eagles are scary i mean we were i don't don't remember was it six or seven points we lost by them earlier this year against the eagles add this safety to the mix I mean it, that that he could accumulate like an extra two or three points, like taken away from def, uh, from our offense or whatever. He could come down on Hawkinson more. Um, they improved drastically to me. We probably won't see it for a few weeks because he's got to learn everything. But this is a guy going from the Titans, who were pretty good defense a few years ago. I think that's kind of what led them with Derrick Henry. Um, and now he gets to flourish on the Eagles who have been a great defense and we're, you know, missing some of that secondary help, uh, with CJ Gardner Johnson gone. So man, that's, that's scary for the entire NFL. Oh yeah. Yeah. That is a solid weapon that they added to an already elite defense. And I'm just, uh, curious as to how the turnover battles go with them now, uh, like, Kevin Bayard has never been a joke in the NFL, really. Like, he's he is solid. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you know, two first-team All-Pros. They, you know, they say the Pro Bowls don't matter, but he has the All-Pros to back him up those seasons and the co-interception leader that season, something that C.J. Gardner-Johnson was last year. So, you know, they, they realized, hey, we don't have an interception leader. We should get one. And they did. Uh, crazy stuff there in Philly. I mean, I... How the hell do they operate? They just bring in all these good free agents. They they sign the right players. They draft the right players. They even make trades for guys. I mean, this is the second big trade with the Titans. Like, they're just saying, hey, give us your good players. We'll give us your crap. I mean, and the Titans are like, yeah, please. Thank you. <laughs> yes, more please, Howie. <laughs> I need your shit, Howie. <laughs> and I think they have, like another defensive tackle and hey maybe derrick henry's gonna come there next year that's that's what i'm waiting on <laughs> that's at this what we point. need is him behind the tush push oh goodness <laughs> derrick henry and swift and jalen hurts in a backfield at once uh-oh derrick henry's gonna be their starting fullback <laughs> 
Dang. Ah, uh, yeah, that's just, that's brutal. I'm so glad we already played him, so yeah. we probably won't have to see him again unless you make some miraculous run and meet him in the NFC Conference Championship, and I don't think that happens, no. but hey, you never know. Anything could happen, man, any given Sunday. You're, that's very true. Um, and the Rams have released kicker Brett Maher. Um, this, his stats this year are 17-23 for field goals, about 74%. 12 for 13 extra points, 92.3%. These are both down from his career average of 79.9% on field goals and 95.2% on extra points. He's an older guy and has only played like five seasons in the NFL. He's been cut from practice squads all his career and playing in Australia or something or some other sport. There's something he's, I don't know, he's been around so kind of interesting and you know his stats aren't all that bad but he missed like three kicks last week so they were just done and we saw that with daniel carlson a few years ago when we drafted him and now he's one of the best kickers ever so kickers are literally you have one bad game and you're done well i had heard a little bit about because i looked into it a little bit and um i can't remember the team he was on before but apparently it's like a yips type of situation yeah i believe I believe he was on Dallas that was, before. He was on one other team, but Dallas he played like two or three years with. Oh, Dal- was was he the one that missed all those extra points like in a row in the playoffs? I th- I, think I can't remember, but yeah, I mean, <laughs> might have some issues. <laughs> yeah, I think after if that was him or uh, like he had a similar game where like missed bad and then he just couldn't. Can't get his mind right. That's at least what I've heard. Is that it's one of those situations, kind well, of like Blair Walsh. You know, I mean, kicking is mental. You know, well, I mean, that reaffirms what I said though. You know, one bad game and you're out because it is so it's so mental. You miss like three or four kicks in a game. You're not trusting yourself. The team doesn't trust you. I mean, it's just best for both parties to part ways and bring in someone else. There are free agent kickers who are available. We see it mid season all the time. They come in and they make kicks. A lot of them miss kicks. I mean. It's not like a guaranteed position. There's no, there's like two or three elite kickers in the NFL at like any given time, maybe. I mean, uh, Young Ho Koo or whatever on the Falcons, two or three years ago, he was like a prodigy, um, expected to be great. Now he's pretty mid. He's still got a cool name, but so, he's you know. doing fine. I mean, I don't know. If well, I he's doing okay. I, I wouldn't say he's like awful or anything. He's not making Pro Bowls or all pros consistently. Yeah. And Blair Walsh, you know, we saw him have record-setting rookie season. We were debating, is he better than Justin Tucker? Who's the best kicker in the league? And, well, we know how that turned out. I, yeah. It's And, you know, Daniel Carlson, another one that I was just saying, he three misses or four misses against Green Bay. Cut him. Then he's a all-pro for the Raiders for three, four years now. Yeah. It. It kind of sucks. And even we brought the uh, Cowboys kicker in a couple years ago. Dan Bailey, best yeah. kicker in NFL history. He didn't leave here that way. <laughs> he did not leave here that way. No. No, he did not. I <laughs> so, think kicker is the, one, uh, is the one position where instead of hitting the gym to get over an injury, you just got to go to therapy for an entire offseason <laughs> to get over the yips. Yeah, I, no amount of therapy was getting Blair Walsh through that one, though. Yeah, I guess. Vikings fans were probably crashing it. She was, like, letting them know that he's there. I got him, boys. <laughs> um, and then here's some other news. Within the division this time, Detroit's wide receiver Marvin Jones Jr. has stepped away from football due to personal family issues. 
promptly released after doing this. Um, 33-year-old receiver, but listen, over his career, 547 catches, 7,421 yards, 58 touchdowns. That is a great career as a primarily number two guy throughout most of it. Um, He's not making too much noise this season, only five catches and 35 yards in six games. But again, this is a depth piece, and I think that's kind of what we're seeing with the Lions. Where It's not a lot of their starters who are going out, but a lot of the backups too and stuff. I mean, and but we have seen it with starters too. That's... I'm seeing a lot of injuries and other issues with this team now. You know, he's stepping away for family reasons, all fine, but from a, I'm just speaking of like the team's perspective, that's a big loss. Even if he's not contributing much on the field, he's definitely contributing in the locker room. And you got their, um, younger receiver, Jameson Williams or whatever. Um, he's kind of getting into bus status, people are talking about. That was probably Marvin Jones Jr. is a guy who could get in his head and, you know, help him out with things. And now you don't have that. Who, who do you have to help guide him? All the other receivers they have, not that they're bad, but they're all young okay. and they're not really coaches yet. And I mean, maybe they are, but that's not what I see out of them. I see young guys who are making plays and being explosive and 23, 24-year-old guys aren't, like, the leaders in the locker room unless they're really special, like, you know, Justin Jefferson or Patrick Mahomes, and you don't really see that. Um, So, I don't know, ouch, what do you think with Detroit? I mean, so far they've been doing fine at all their other skill positions. I'm pretty sure Detroit is the youngest team in the NFL at the moment. So, I mean, if their other positions are figuring it out without older players, like, I mean, I think... The whole you need a veteran presence might be overrated for some teams and, you know, maybe super needed for others. Uh, it all comes down to, like, the coaching staff and whether or not they take over that role. There's so much we don't see right. in a locker room, really, and it could be that the veteran presence and the wide receiver court just didn't really matter. Yeah, yeah. Um, Just kind of, int- I-, I find it. Very odd, though, that he stepped away for family issues, and then, like, a day later, the team's just like, yeah, goodbye. Like, because I think you could place him on, like, an exempt list or something where it doesn't count against the roster, so you don't necessarily have to release him. I think the commissioner has to add you to that exempt list. Uh, the commissioner wasn't happy with the excuse. Goodell yeah, got his contract. Not. You don't care. <laughs> yeah, I think that might have been it because I'm I'm pretty sure it's the commissioner's exempt list. Okay, all right. Yeah, I don't know if teams have their own, but I don't think so. And it's yeah, yeah uh, it's used for like when players are in like legal trouble, right? Most often, so it's the commissioner that does that. Yeah, sure. and, and maybe the Lions are just realizing, hey, you're not doing much this season. You know, if you want to step away, because it might be a long term thing. Like, yeah, if it was two or three weeks maybe they want to done this measure so who knows i just hope all is good with him because he did have a lot of good seasons with the Bengals before i believe and did make noise there um with detroit for many years so um best of luck to your endeavors sir him and aj green on the Bengals were awesome to watch back in the day dude aj green is so underrated i get pissed and people like bash his name and stuff i'm like dude he was with andy dalton for like eight years putting a thousand yard seasons like what do you want from dude like, yeah. seriously, they, they had Joe Mixon and Marvin Jones Jr. I don't think they had an O-line outside of Zettler or Zietler or whoever. Like, yeah. most of their guys suck. They didn't have a defense. And question me of this being, like, a recent thing. Look before, Carson Palmer. I mean, 
all the freaking time. And now Joe Burrow's getting hurt all the time. Is he the next in this list? Who knows? Yeah, mm. only future us now. <laughs> but, um, and now let's get into the big discussion. The Vikings beat the San Francisco 49ers 22-17. to Minnesota moves up to 3-4. and four. San Francisco downgrades to 5 and two now i did not give this team a chance you did not give this team a chance i remember firmly however i remember when we gave our four game record thing i said two and two you said three and one now we are here in that stretch of two and oh so unless we if we lose the next two i'm a genius all we gotta do is win one of these next two games and you're the genius but I'm hoping they win both of them so we can both right. be stupid. Right. <laughs> um, if they beat the 49ers, though, the Packers, they're not nearly as good. No way. The yeah. Atlanta Falcons? No way. So it'd be the Vikings thing to lose these games, but the sky's the limit, honestly. Yeah, for the next two games, we'll just have to remind ourselves of the Vikings' incredible talent to play at their competition level, specifically. Never above or lower, it's just at yeah. their competition level. <laughs> <laughs> well, so we'll have to make sure to keep some uh, keep some of that uh, good old Viking cynicalness in check. But we beat the 49ers, so I don't see why we can't beat both the Packers and the Falcons. Yeah, I mean, we, you know, held the Chiefs in, like, you know, that came down to the end of the game. The Eagles came down to the end of the game. Every game we've played has come down to the end. We could beat any team, and we could lose any team. And that's that's what this team is. Um, Kirk Cousins, though, 35 for 45, 378 yards, two touchdowns, and a pick. Balled out on Monday night. Just balled out. All the Kirk haters... I still hear them, like, bashing his previous record. Like, they're talking about 2-1-10 or whatever. And, like, dude, but he just won. Like, he just won. And it's funny. It's not that Kirk did good. The team did good. It was a good team win. Whenever we lose, it's Kirk's fault. But, like, what the hell, man? It's just a team sport. Kirk balled out and should shut people up. And you can't do that for five seconds. <laughs> right. Right. Nah. All aboard the Kirk hate train right after cheering for him on that Addison throw. Yeah, imagine if we had Christian Ponder. Like, that would be like 12 for 42. He wouldn't have thrown that pick. <laughs> yeah. He, he would not have thrown that pick because it wouldn't have been on target. It would have hit the dirt long before he got to the right. receiver. <laughs> um, Madison, though, eight carries, 39 yards, two receptions, three yards. Not enthusiastic about the stats, but he did average about like 40 yards a carry. Uh, or not 44, um, and a lot less touches. And that's, I think, good. Um, Our run game kind of worked. Yeah. By halftime, we already matched our season average in rushing yards. Yeah, I mean, I don't think you go into the game like running 70% of the time or 60%. That's not who we are. It's not how we're going to win games. You run sparingly, and I think you see more success exactly like we did. Yeah. Cam Akers, 10 carries, 31 yards, two receptions, 30 yards. So he got a few more carries and eight less yards. Uh, but he did bolster it with an extra 27 yards receiving off his two catches. Um, you know, to me, Madison and Akers are, they, they don't seem to be that far apart on talent wise. Like Akers seems to just be more explosive, but I mean, he's not like an all pro or anything. He's fine. 
I, I think him and Madison are a good combo, like rushing this much a game, you know, 18 carries, 20 touches split between them a game. I think that is extremely fair and you'll get the best value out of these two. Oh yeah. Um, without putting too much on them for them to wreck any sort of like game position or anything like that. Yeah, yeah, and then I think I saw Ty Chandler just got, like, one catch, and we saw that play when we watched it, and it was a nice, like, 12-yard gain or whatever. Oh, yeah. Looked explosive on it. I like that, too. Give, you know, these two need a break. Chandler's great for a spell or two. Um, You know, if he can just be out there doing that, a play or two a game as well to take the load off these guys, I think that really helps the run game. Um, 49ers have a stout defense, and we... We executed, so I'm I'm extremely happy. Kind kind of made him look foolish, right? To say the least. Yeah. Um, and Jordan Addison, seven receptions, 123 yards, and two touchdowns. This dude is a baller. I'm seeing all the comparisons with like Vikings receivers or early on in their career. All the lists are like Randy Moss and Addison for touchdowns, or if you include yards for a lot of things, it's Randy Moss, Jefferson, and um, Addison. Like this dude is in elite company and. I mean, we're just seeing him ball. He doesn't have Jefferson. I was saying he has an easy time because he doesn't he doesn't go in against the one number one guy with Jefferson on the team. Now he is, and he doesn't care. Yeah. He's still balling. He had his best game against the 49ers. Oh, yeah, first 100-yard game of his career. Two touchdowns. This dude is insane. Um, I think a Pro Bowl this year is likely. Yeah. Over Jefferson right now because Jefferson's missing games and touchdowns, I think, really get you somewhere uh, in that Pro Bowl voting. For sure. So um, the explosive plays, I think, are really going to get him. But, hey, they both could. Wouldn't that be something? Two receivers, Pro Bowl roster Vikings. Um, Yeah, we really nailed that pick. I'm, I'm glad we got Addison for sure. Looking like the, the premier receiver of his cla- oh, uh, class again. For sure. I think... Uh... The people that picked just before us, I can't remember the name of the receiver, um, but he has more yards than Jefferson, but it's by like 39 yards on, I think like three extra receptions, but he's only got one touchdown to back it up, so. Maybe you're talking about Zay Flowers from Baltimore? Zay Flowers, yep, that's what I'm talking about. And he's pretty good. Uh, Quentin Johnson was another guy. He hasn't really done done too much. Um, um, And then there's the uh, guy on Seattle, Nagibwe something. Uh, Um, Nijibwe. He has a nickname, JSN. Yeah. JSN's his nickname. Um, He just got a touchdown this last game, I think. Uh, He was, you know, him, Johnston, and Addison were the three or four. I think Flowers might have been the other guy. I I was talking about all these guys, but Addison, to me, was, like, the guy I wanted the most, and if not, Quinston Johnston. So, you know, it's such a crap shoot. Like, you really don't know, um... He's just kind of going by, like, the body and stuff, and Addison was that small, shifty guy, and Quinton Johnston was the red zone target, big body guy to me. But Addison's a red zone target, I guess, so. <laughs> yeah. I barely even go by body or anything. I just go by whose name I want to cheer for. Jordan Addison works. Yeah, it's a cool name. It's got my name, so it's cool. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and then we got TJ Hawkinson, 11 receptions, 86 yards, either his best game or his second best game with the Eagles. Um, what's up with this dude just playing like crap when he play against like the worst teams, but then we play against the elite Eagles and 49ers and this dude's like, yeah, I'll get 10 catches and 80 yards. No problem. I don't understand. I mean, it's nice, but why can't you do that against the Bears, dude? Like, he dropped everything that game, and then this game, we saw he's making up strong catches all over the field. He's 
like hyped up, roaring after his plays. It's it's nice, but I don't know, odd. It's definitely odd, but better that he shows up at least for some of the games. Doesn't matter, good or bad teams. It's nice that he at least shows up for some of the games. Yeah, and you know that's kind of the tight end position. Pretty much everywhere around the league, you probably got like, you know, uh, George Kittle, Mark Andrews, Travis Kelsey, and outside of that, I mean, then you start to get into the Waller, Hawkinson, and these guys are, they'll get you two touchdowns and then not do anything for five weeks, and I feel like that's just kind of what the tight end position is. Um, Not liking that we have him as the top paid still, but it is what it is. If he plays like this, you know, it doesn't hurt as much. Yeah. Um. Brandon Powell, four receptions, 64 yards, and a carry for five yards. Five touches and 69 yards. Not not a bad game for a third receiver now, or and then fourth on the depth chart when Jefferson's healthy, maybe yeah. fifth. Um, so, yeah, that's, again, nice. Uh, and being able to work him into the running game a little bit, too. Like, yeah, yeah. that's awesome yeah i think we ran a play with him last week for the run that didn't work well or something so but at least we're trying it and succeeding a little more that's good to see yeah kj osborne five receptions 47 yards kind of a dud game but we don't really need it when hawkinson and addison are balling so i didn't see like a drastic drop or anything that cost us the game so i'm not gonna like blow apart osborne he was just just pedestrian during the game, and that's fine. He made he made uh, one extremely nice catch, though, but it was right after he had that really bad flag or penalty, so we, like, we went back like 10 or 15 yards on a hold, and then he like made a dominant 13-yard catch after that, mm, yeah. and that was pretty much his highlight. Yeah, I think he had a <clears> drop, but it wasn't, it wasn't super impactful because we won, obviously, but yeah. he definitely had a kind of bad drop, hit him in the hands, and... Couldn't uh, wrap up, but... He definitely is not going to get many lucrative contracts. He's probably going to be getting a lot of one-year prove-it deals amongst the NFL. Yeah. So, uh, I could see the Vikings, you know, giving him a low-ball offer, though, and he might want to, like, try and redeem himself here as, like, a third or fourth guy as a camp body, but... Well, why would you not want to, like, redeem yourself in a system you're already comfortable with? Like, right. If you're going to take a one-year prove-it deal, why go to something you don't understand at all? You know right. what I mean? Yeah, I mean, because the Vikings aren't going to go draft another receiver to be, like, the third guy next to Addison or Jefferson right now. I'm I'm guessing in two or three years we might want to target a good receiver again, but yeah. right now it doesn't make any sense to. Um, so if we don't get Osborne, I'm guessing Naylor or Powell moves up, or else we go to free agency and find some other guy to, you know, take off that load of veteran, I'm guessing. But... I could definitely see Osborne re- be uh, re-signed for like a low deal, but I-, I think you're right. You know, you're having an off year, go somewhere else where it could just, your career could end, or you could come back to Minnesota where you're known, some fans appreciate you, and you have some, you know, recognition. Plus, you don't have to go through the hassle of moving or anything, save a little bit of that money if it's <laughs> going to get tight in these late NFL years. So, I could see it, but... He's just not going to get a big contract. I think uh, I think he was in line to do it this year, and he just kind of chose not to. <laughs> yeah. I mean, shit happens, really. I mean, I wouldn't be upset if Powell ended up moving to our number three spot if we did lose Osborne, to be honest. Like, he's a nice little dynamic guy. Yeah, I mean, I don't think it's going to be. It's 
when you have Jefferson and Addison, it's not hard to find your third guy. Like, you know, yeah. as long as it's not Tony, we're not going to have any problems. Right. <laughs> Um, now on to defense, Cameron Bynum, nine tackles, two picks, and he made the game-changing interception that won us, you know, the game at the end. Uh, for sure the MVP of the game to me, um, at least on the defensive side of the ball. Um, just our safety depth is absolutely insane, um, and, and this guy is definitely proven to be a capable starter next to uh, Harrison Smith. Definitely improvement over like Sandejo and who we had in the previous years. I think this is probably the best partner he's had in his career. I mean, I, I've never seen another safety make numbers except for maybe J. Ron Curse. I think he did okay here a year. Oh, yeah. He's on Dallas now. So yeah. if he's starting there, he can't be that awful, I guess, with how good that defense is. Oh, yeah. And even when Bynum has to, like, take a rest, or when Harrison Smith has to take a rest, we still got Metellus back there. Like, Metellus and Bynum can hold it down as well, just as well as, like, with Smith out there, to be honest. Yeah, no, and you can even run three safety sets if need be. You know, it's, there's a ton of potential with the defense with Bynum. It's, it's really, it's kind of a nice luxury to have, uh... I'm just glad, you know, defensive players out there making plays like the interception to end it, uh... And it's really exciting when the defense does stuff like that. I mean, we don't see it often enough, so oh yeah, it's just great to see. Uh, Daniel Hunter, two tackles and a sack, bringing his career total to eighty. Uh, now he is fourth or seventh all time on the Vikings list. Uh, sacks weren't an official stat until eighty two, I believe. So if you you know go with it that way, he would be fourth behind uh, John Randall, Dolman, and Jared Allen. But if you go with uh, unofficial stat stacks, he would be seventh. Uh, and then you'd add Jim Marshall, Allen Page, and Carl. Eller to that list as well ahead of him so regardless fantastic company absolutely fantastic uh so all the people that said he's going to be traded that's done after this 49ers game no way in hell he's being traded uh and i think re-signing him has just become even more likely uh dude's just balling out and i'm so glad to see it he's along with uh smith they've probably been our two best defensive players the last 10 years uh and it's great that he's moving up on the list, and he's really becoming an all-time Viking. Same with Harrison Smith. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Harrison Smith has been an all-time Viking, and Daniel oh, yeah. Hunter is just solidifying his oh, yeah. plays at this point. Yeah. I mean, yeah, Smith had a good game, too. Uh, six tackles and a forced fumble. Had another forced fumble. I mean, he's, he's got loads of forced fumbles, fumble recoveries, sacks, interceptions. I mean, he's a tackle machine, too. Man, who who was the other guy we had? I can't remember. We had a safety years back who's like the number one interception leader. Was it Paul Cross, I believe? Paul Cross, yeah. Yeah. Uh, he has the... Same number as Smith, I believe. Uh, I don't know. Like jersey number? Yeah, 22. Um, yeah, the former Viking, though. Uh, a lot of people would probably say he's the best safety we've ever had. But uh, if not, Harrison Smith is definitely it he's the best safety i've watched in my lifetime on the vikings oh for sure i'm pretty sure though paul Krause is still the single season interception leader if i'm not mistaken dude he has like he he has like an insane amount of picks like i think it's i don't know i think he has like 30 more than second place or something i mean it's yeah. like one of those 
unbeatable records in sports like that were just around because nobody really knew how to play the game back then <laughs> yeah i mean it, it's an absolute insane amount of like you would have to average like six or seven interceptions on like a 13 year career or something i mean Im- actually impossible you yeah. could do that for a little bit but like no way you can keep that up in today's nfl so <laughs> that's gonna be hard to beat but in today's modern nfl smith is the premier safety that you could imagine for your team uh good stuff of us uh having him now um let's get into divisional stuff uh the afc east um so miami and buffalo both lost this week uh the jets had the bye week and new england won um Buffalo is actually, they were the fifth seed last week, and they have slid all the way to seventh um, just from that one loss against the Patriots. Uh, You know, I was thinking that this team, the Bills, I didn't think they were going to make the playoffs. I thought something was going to happen. Is this the Madden curse? Is is this what we're seeing, the Madden curse? I mean, they're just so shaky week in and week out. I mean, they'll look like KC Chiefs one week. And then they'll look like the Chicago Bears the next. And then they'll have these like late comebacks too, like they have trying, but it's against the Patriots. You shouldn't have been down from the from the jump. I, the only thing I can think of is the Madden cover. That's the only thing. I mean, what the hell is happening there? Yeah, I mean, it could be the Madden cover, or it could just be the fact that maybe the Bills are just not a good team right now. I mean, <laughs> well, Josh Allen is erratic. You know, like yeah. you don't know what you're getting from him. And Diggs is a beast but he's also a man child at a lot of times with his tantrums haven't really had a running game josh allen has been the running game yeah. forever like he's he's had to do both facets of the game and that's just not right feasible to do long term and then you lost your best linebacker and your best corner and you replace it with josh N- newman is that Norman? Damn, I can't Josh remember his Norman, name. Yeah. yeah, he's been so irrelevant for so long. <laughs> um, him and then they got Von Miller back from injury. So, um, you know, there's a lot of problems there in Buffalo. You lose to the Patriots? Oof. That's... I mean, I know division games are tough. I, I know they can be, but that's a game that shouldn't have been tough. It doesn't really matter because the Patriots have sucked. And the Bills, we were just talking like two weeks ago. People moved them up to the number one best team in the NFL. There, No one can stop them. And apparently multiple teams can stop them. Um, it turns out <laughs> it's pretty easy to stop them, apparently. <laughs> All you need is Mac Jones. <laughs> and everyone's got Mac Jones. Um, but yeah, that division is just, you know, 5-2, 4-3, 3-3, 2-5. The Patriots, even though they won, I mean, we all know they're done. They're not doing anything long-term with Mac Jones. Uh, the Jets, though, they're they're a competitive team. They've been competitive. The Bills, well, I don't think they're going to make the playoffs. They're definitely going to be in that fringe spot all season. They're going to be, you know, creeping at the doorstep. And Miami's elite. You saw them lose to the uh, Philadelphia Eagles, and that might have been a Super Bowl preview. Um but yeah. the Dolphins secondary is beat up. They didn't have like their they didn't have Xavier Howard or Jalen Ramsey, and they only lost by like two touchdowns. Cause that game was really competitive until I think it was like the third quarter when the Eagles just broke out and you know, eventually you just that's a 
that's a good team. You're playing in Philly, and your two, top two corners are out. I mean, dang, that's hard. It doesn't and, even have to be your top two corners. Right. It's just two corners. At that yeah. point, like, you're looking at depth pieces. Right, and, and Jalen Waddle's having issues coming in and out of the game, so Tyreek Hill can't do everything. Um, and Chase Claypool ain't going to be your guy. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but I, mean, I still think Miami's great. I don't put too much... Um, uh, stock on that loss as far as Miami goes. I think it's an impressive win from Philly, and I wouldn't, um, I wouldn't say it's like an unimpressive win for them at all. It was a tough game, and just, you know, eventually Miami couldn't keep up. So, but definitely those are two of the best teams in the NFL. Um, I don't know. Yeah, I'm really holding off opinions on the Dolphins, like as to whether they are elite or good. Uh, I'm holding off until they play the Chiefs to see what they do uh, in that game because I want to see I want to see them compete against another uh, guaranteed Super Bowl like yeah. contender. So I mean, I'm I'm still waiting for Tua to get hurt. Honestly, that's I've been waiting on it all season, and I'm so scared it's going to happen. Like late down here in the stretch when they need him the most. Right. Exactly. That's another big question mark that you have to ask because Tua, I still don't think has completed a full. Uh, season fully healthy and is that gonna be this season who knows you yeah. gotta see <laughs> um and then afc west uh kc won their game vegas lost the chargers lost and the denver broncos won so you have kc they still have the number one seed at six and one they they have a lot of separation in that division three and four and two and four vegas and the chargers and two and five with denver all of those teams are behind KC just beating the Chargers. The uh, Vegas has Garoppolo half the time because he's hurt always. Um, yeah, this division, it's done. KC won it. Uh, yeah. It's just, who are they going to be? Number one seed, number two, or number three? We don't know right now, but they're going to be one of them. <laughs> yeah, uh, for sure. And uh, I just can't help but feel bad for the Chargers, man. Uh, I don't feel like they deserve to be third place in their division well they won't stay i mean they're they're really good they're really yeah. good they there's there's injury issues and they're just they're, they're chargers i mean the chargers. You, but they have justin herbert who's a undebatable top 10 quarterback to me oh yeah um top five maybe right and eckler's great uh losing mike williams hurts but keenan allen's great um defensively when you have bosa out there it's good but he's not out there half the time i think a lot of people forget khalil Mack is there i'm sorry but the the chargers are a good team i picked them to be a wild card team and i still hold that belief i feel like they'll find a way i don't feel like they're i feel like they're gonna lose in the playoffs right away some weird ridiculous thing but they're getting there um, they're, they're, they're way better than Vegas and they're way better than the Broncos. I think that's for sure, but they're, they could lose to both those teams just because they're the Chargers. Nothing yeah. to do with talent. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> any, any given week is a, a potential loss for the Chargers, unfortunately, but they are definitely better than the Brian Hoyer led Las Vegas Raiders. I had no idea Brian Hoyer was still in the league. Yeah. And why is Josh McDaniels only taking Patriots scraps? Right. Yeah, I mean, Brian Hoyer plays like what I think Kaepernick would play like if he was still in the NFL. <laughs> well, he only touches, they probably touch a football just about as much as each other. Yeah. And Hoyer's like, wait, I gotta play, oh, right, Garoppolo's the starter, dang it. <laughs> I gotta play like half the games this season. <laughs> I would have taken more if I had known. 
<laughs> um, but yeah, then let's get into the AFC North. Um, Baltimore, Pittsburgh, and Cleveland all won since they had their bye. Uh, so Pittsburgh moved up from the sixth seed to the fifth. Cleveland from the seventh to the sixth. Baltimore retains the third seed, and they absolutely blew out the Lions just last week. I was saying, humble yourselves. Humble yourselves and shut up for a minute. Blown out and taken off of the air. Literally. You say, yeah, we're, yeah, we're going to take you to a different, more competitive program. Like, okay, the freaking Baltimore Ravens and Detroit Lions. Everyone was probably like, this is probably the game of the week at noon. And then we got that blowout fest. It was a game of the week for me, for sure, because... I didn't. I haven't heard a, heard a peep out of Lions fans since this happened, and now the Vikings are creeping up in that division. I mean, hey, it's going to be an intense battle with the Lions. I feel for sure. Oh yeah, but uh, sticking to the AFC North, I think I said this last week. I'm not sure, but I do think the AFC North is the best division in football at the moment. Like, just every team is a can win at any point. Cleveland with a historic defense. I don't think it's particularly close. With any other division? Uh, cuz cuz the NFC East has Washington who's mid and yeah. the Giants have absolutely sucked. The AFC East, um, you know, the Jets and the Bills are iffy and the Patriots are bad, but the AFC North, the worst team is the Bengals right now and the Steelers, I don't like their quarterback situation, but an elite defense, Baltimore, we just saw what they could do and Cleveland, they're winning without a freaking starting quarterback. I mean, yeah. it, it doesn't matter for them apparently. Miles Garrett is on a freaking tear right now. Oh yeah. I, there's no debate, I feel. I feel like you're Spot on. Yeah, best that, that's to be fair. Yeah, looking over the rest of the division, just to remind myself, I can't see another that really competes in that aspect. Well, I mean, I know what you mean. It's it's when you when you say it's not debatable, I know it's like wait, it has to be because the NFC East played so well last year, but the Giants regressed so much, Washington regressed so much, and the NFC West has Arizona. You know, yeah. we got the AFC East with New England. There's just not really that bottom feeder in their division, like. Their bottom feeder could be a division leader elsewhere. Yeah. It's just crazy stuff. Their bottom feeder was talked about as Super Bowl contenders and still are this season. Well, I I mean, from this division, I had Baltimore and Cincy going. Um, and since he's 500, 3-3, three and three, so that's that's not even a stupid pick. Joe Burrow's been having an off year, but you know he's talented enough where they're not going to finish 5-12 and 12 or whatever. He's going to compete, and they're going to try and win every game. And for the last... Bengals have always had the slow start to begin the yeah. season. This is this is normal for right. them at this point. Yeah, it's no stress. And Cleveland, like I just said, they're winning without their uh, starting quarterback, and they lost Nick Chubb. I'm, they're, they're still a good team. Pittsburgh, J.J., or not J.J., T.J. Watt, and Minka Fitzpatrick. Uh, just elite. Yeah. I mean, it, there's nothing you can really say. A well-coached team. Um they're good in Baltimore. You just saw what they could do. Lamar Jackson's at an MVP level again. Uh, best he's looked since that MVP year, to be honest. He's oh, yeah. actually probably looks better. Not really running as well because he's not doing it as much and using his arm. And, you know, that's what you should do. So That's the safer route. That's what's yeah. going to keep him healthy through the playoffs. Right. I mean, and there's nothing wrong with, hey, I need to run this time. Or, I mean, this game I need to run or something yeah. occasionally. But... You know, that's what you do to have a long career. Peyton Manning and Tom Brady, it's the reason they don't have, you know, 3,000 uh, rushing yards in their career, you know? Tom Brady barely crossed the 1,000. <laughs> he played for two decades <laughs> plus. <laughs> um, 
Uh, anything else you want to say about the AFC North before I get off it? Uh, no, no. Okay. Um, the AFC South, Jacksonville won. Uh, Indianapolis lost. Houston and Tennessee had their buys. So Jacksonville has a steady lead, 5-2 and two in their division. Uh, that's what I expected going into it. Um, Tennessee, a bottom feeder at 2-4. and four. Not really surprised. And then losing um, their t- best safety. Yeah, they're definitely going to keep being at that bottom spot oh yeah uh the colts are they're competitive Uh, they're not great but they're competitive so um they're kind of fun and then houston uh cj stroud i he had a really hot start but he's kind of cooled down um i I, I like houston but i I just don't think they're a really great team i think they're playing a lot better than a lot of people thought but i don't see them winning more than seven or eight games this year um i could definitely see them going down on a slide but pretty easy division jacksonville definitely looks like the cream of the crop uh lawrence is playing out of his mind he was hurt last week with his like ankle and like ran for 70 or 80 yards etn two touchdowns like every week it's you can't stop them um and they're doing this all without calvin ridley even yeah yeah he's he's not even there um christian kirk is the one who's you know stepping up and being their number one right now defensively they're they're looking pretty good i'm i like jacksonville i don't think they're a super bowl contender but they're definitely the best team in that division and trevor lawrence is i mean i dare i say he's becoming elite i mean i think he's really hit a learning curve like somewhere last year towards the end and going into the playoffs where he just really it just clicked and i think he's he, he he's looking like that number one prodigy when he was drafted right um so yeah I'm, I'm happy for jacksonville too i got family down there and that's a franchise that has suffered for 15 20 years now without being anything except for that one season with uh Blake Bortles. Yeah, and, you know. And that elite defense. I mean, Jalen Ramsey. Uh, oh, I can't remember. Miles Jack. Yeah. Uh, man, that was a good division. Or A.G. Boye, Boye or something. Boye, yeah. And he went to the Texans, I think. Uh, the We got the Nagangwe or whatever, the Nagangwe. defensive end. Yeah. Uh, yeah, no, they were really good. I was really hoping that would be a Jacks minnesota Super Bowl, but. That, that that championship game lineup where it was uh, Keenum, Brady, Bortles, and some other kind of nobody quarterback was just hilarious to see looking back on it. What was the was Eagles? They had their backup. It was Foles, I think. Oh, yeah, Foles. Yeah, yeah Foles. Yeah. That Not a no lineup. So Wentz oh, would have been yeah. yours. Um, and then we got NFC East, uh, Philly is at the top six and one uh winning this week dallas four two with their bye washington loss are at three four and the jet or giants excuse me they won at two and five uh philly has gone up to the number one seed from the number two and dallas has fallen to the number six seed from number five uh philly definitely looking like a great team um I, they're probably going to finish at number one with the Vikings beating the 49ers and Brock Purdy entering concussion protocols. He got symptoms on the flight back to San Francisco, apparently. So uh, I don't know. I don't know how that's possible. Like, I guess a super delayed hit or something or else this dude just like just developed a concussion losing to the Vikings. <laughs> I mean, they can worsen if like you're in an airplane specifically altitude changes. I don't know. I'm not a scientist. But. I am. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, you know, that's uh, 
I, I hope he feels better though, uh, Brock Purdy for sure. But yeah, um, you know, the Giants winning, I that's a fluke. I don't think they're good. Uh, it's definitely because of Tyrod Taylor. He's so much better than Daniel Jones. I mean, it's literally not even comparable. I mean, it's probably how do we make it? Uh, Garoppolo and Hoyer. I mean, I would honestly say that, but 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 Garoppolo is. Taylor and Jones, their $200 million quarterback, is Hoyer. Yeah, <laughs> um, yeah Daniel Jones sucks. I, I said it before, and now we've watched Tyra Taylor. He can do it. He can do it fine. Daniel Jones cannot. He sucks. He's a terrible quarterback. And the worst part is Tyrod will never get the starting spot because they paid Daniel Jones right. $40 he's, million. He's going to lose it and have to watch that crap again. He's like, whatever, man. I balled. I don't give a <laughs> I'm, I'm taking the next contract given to me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's, you know, the, the GM there has to be like, man, I could have paid Tyrod Taylor like pennies on the dollar in comparison. We would have been way better. Right. <laughs> uh, yeah. I'm man. The Vikings losing that playoff game was actually a blessing in disguise. It really was because now we get to watch this crap fester in New York. Right. <laughs> well, he we just won a playoff game. We got to pay him forty million dollars, right? I mean, that was the logic. That's that's what I said. Like, you you can't win a playoff game and not sign him. You you just can't. You can't do that. Yeah. And. Yeah, but that's why you gotta have context on things. But but the media will not have it. If if you sign him now, you get in this backlash. But if you had, hadn't signed him, the media would have. Oh, they would have. It would have been a hellfire on the Giants organization. So, I mean, it was really a lose lose. That's that's really all it was for the Giants. Winning that playoff game was a disaster. They should have thrown. People, people they, <laughs> they probably didn't even have to throw. But man. This just goes back to Howie Roseman being a genius. Like, you know, they have a statue of Foles built and they still let him walk after the Super Bowl win. Like, sometimes you just don't pay people for that one good performance. Right. Let's, let let someone else pay him. Don't do what the Ravens did with Joe Flacco. Yeah. Like, we've already had so many lessons in that not being the smart move. And the one time, like... Howie Roseman showed that, hey, you don't have to do this, and now they're still Super Bowl contenders. Yeah, I mean, the Ravens, that's another one where, like, he couldn't not. He just, he he had the best three, four playoff game stretch in NFL history for a quarterback. Yeah. Maybe that's not to today, but at least at the time it was. I think it still holds up. It was a fantastic run. I mean, improbable, and he did it. There was just, there was no way in hell you couldn't pay the dude, but it was, you're looking at his stats and his previous, you're like, dang, he doesn't have, like, any accolades. He doesn't, he doesn't have anything, and he's gonna be the top paid quarterback? Dang, I mean, that's what three or four games can give you, though, I guess, you know, but I mean, I just look at it from our perspective. What if Ponder, we know he sucks, but what if he took us to the Super Bowl and won it? I mean, some miraculous freaking way. As Vikings fans who have suffered for so long, I mean, what would you do from from a smart perspective right away? I'd say don't sign him. But yeah. part of me would be like, but we just won the Super Bowl. We couldn't do it with anyone else. But we still had that feeling with Case Keenum. Right. Too. Like, oh, he got us to a championship game. We need to sign him. No, cut our losses and go for Kirk. That hasn't worked out the best, but I feel like we're, it's worked out a 
whole lot better than if we kept Keenum. Well, I think it was fine. I mean, the the problem. See, a lot of people forget Keenum wanted big money. He wanted like twenty five or twenty eight million dollars a year. That's not really big money for but, a starter. Cousins anymore. got thirty three that year. Yeah. He was the top pay. So like that's what you're talking about. We're, we're talking about like five or six million dollars. And Keenum had been a journeyman with a small stretch of being good. And Cousins was on a crap team for a number of years, putting up big numbers. So. I mean, yeah, I guess that it's 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 really a case by case with the quarterbacks, and I think you're right. It generally doesn't pan out, but I don't know, man. It's just how can you not sometimes? And it's I mean, it, it's football. It's it's a business, and you need to look at it as such. Well, that's so. what I'm saying, though, because it is a business, and if you do it right, fans might boycott. They might get mad. You might lose ticket sales. You might lose merchandise sales. I mean, we've seen it. If a team isn't competitive, people don't want to go to the stadium as much. There's less hype. Jacksonville Jaguars tickets were easy to get. Now, people want to go to the game suddenly. There's certain franchises that aren't like that. Like, here in Minnesota, we're pretty dedicated. Even our losing seasons, we sell pretty well. And Pittsburgh, Kansas City, I feel like those places, you know, we love our teams, but... You know, Houston, you start to suck, they're not going to really show up. You go to Jacksonville, they're not going to show up. You go to... Uh, Green Bay, apparently. Yeah. Like, that, with that sea of blue in the in at the Lions right. game. Right, right. Yeah, even the Lions, that's another example. No one wanted to go to their freaking games for years. This is like their first year where they sold out season tickets. I mean, it's just, it's what happened. So, yeah, it is kind of a... I think that's the perspective that as us fans we don't get all the time because that's the business aspect of it of selling is really you know joe flacco just won us a super bowl hardly anyone has his jersey imagine how many jersey sales we can get off this dude you know what i mean like there's hype right now but if you let him go the fans might be like what the hell might be a smart move but they don't know that because that's what the nfl is people just they make guesses that's all we do we make guesses you know us in this podcast you make guesses about next week a gm makes a guess how a player is going to be next year when they're in the draft room they guess how this player is going to translate it's this 100% a guessing game no one knows so it's really a coin flip but <laughs> yeah you got the bad coin flip with the Giants. <laughs> oh, yeah. Getting back on topic. Yeah, you missed that coin flip. Uh, NFC West, um, the F- San Francisco 49ers lost. Seattle won. The Rams lost and Cardinals lost. So Fr- San Fran moves from the third seed. They were at number one. Seattle moves up to the fifth seed from number six. And the Rams fall out of the playoff picture. Um, Seattle's just a half game behind now the same amount of losses and just the the one uh win less so seattle's creeping up and if purdy's hurt like another week or two and uh, hey you, you don't know i mean things could happen real quick seattle's a good team and i could see them taking the division for a little bit not that i'm saying the 49ers are a bad team i still think they're top tier but it's going to be a brutal finish with those two teams, and I, I think you're starting to see the Rams cool down a bit. They probably would have won without their kicker this last week, but yeah. I, I think that's just kind of what they are, mid-team that's going to be kind of on the bubble of you know the 8th to 11th seed in the conference, is my guess. Fun to watch with the two rookie wide receivers. Oh, yeah, yeah. No, they're they're a fun team to watch. They're they're fine. I there's I can't really hate them except for their jerseys. They have the ugliest jerseys. They have all the, the shininess on them. They're... 
even when you feel them in the store, like the fabric, it's just so gross. It feels very California in all the best ways and all the worst ways. Well, uh, me and my buddy think they had like some of the best jerseys when they were in St. Louis. And then they're just like, nah, let's get rid of these and like put the like, dude, you had such iconic uniforms. And you're like, nah, let's let's L.A. it, bro. And it looks like crap. (laughs) But hey, they're still selling. So what do I know? Um, NFC North, Detroit. Even though they lost, they move up from the third seed to the second seed. Minnesota with the win, uh, Green Bay with a loss, and Chicago with a win. So Detroit st- sits at the top five and two. Vikings below at three and four. Green Bay two and four, and Chicago at two and five. We've seen what Chicago gives you. Um, apparently, they're better without J- Justin Fields. Um, so it's going to be scary until Justin Fields comes back. They're, they're going to creep up. <laughs> uh, the Packers. I don't think they're that good. That's what I was telling Damien. I, he was saying, oh, the defense is going to be right and everything. I'm like, I don't think so. And you're Not seeing Joe Barry, <laughs> and you're seeing Jordan Love. He's he's like kind of what I thought. Not very good. And Damien is saying, I either want us to be really good or really bad. And he's kind of in that mid tier. I think he's he's like doing really well at end of games and stuff. And I think he's going to be that middling quarterback that allows you to not get a franchise quarterback. Uh, so I kind of like Jordan Love for that reason. It's it's nice not dealing with Aaron Rodgers or Brett Favre. Yeah. <laughs> Let, let's let Green Bay have that perfect quarterback purgatory for a minute and just let them mull over every offseason as to whether or not to move on from Jordan Love. Let's let them deal with that for, I don't know, how long was the contract? Two years? Three years? Something like that. Yeah, let, let's let them deal with that for like three seasons. They should have to deal with it for 40 years because they got 40 years of elite quarterback play so they should have 40 years of suffering now that's what they deserve (laughs) Eh, shoot why not um but this game against the packers is going to be brutal if the packers win i mean that's that's pretty devastating to the vikings it's not a season-ending collapse but it would definitely hurt everything we built with this uh last two wins uh if we win this game moving up to 500 against them if regardless it, but if the Lions lose, it's like a one-game difference, and we still have to play two games against them. Yeah. Uh, and we'd be 2-0 and in our division with four overall games left. Chicago still has to come here. Green Bay still has to come here. The Lions have to come here. So three division home games, and you'd be 2-0. and Things would look extremely pretty. Um, but I remember we talked about it last time, the ending with uh, Green Bay and Detroit, like in the last three weeks. Detroit, Green Bay, right. Detroit, yeah. So that should be illegal. Yeah, it's gonna be a bloodbath, man. It's gonna be such a stressful last three weeks. But uh, hey, I'm up for it. I'm just glad that we're not done and that things are improving. Because this is what I said: our our offense should be elite, and I think we're starting to see it. So um, I'm not, I'm not looking so bad on that anymore. Um, then the NFC South, Atlanta. They move into a playoff position. They were not in one last week. Uh, they now have the fourth seed, leading their division at 4-3 and three with their win. Tampa Bay with a loss. They were at fourth seed. Now they're at seventh. New Orleans 3-4 and four with a loss. And Carolina at 0-6. They stay pat. Now, Atlanta, extremely shaky. I don't have too much confidence in them. I think we can beat them in a couple weeks, but um, they're solid. I personally think Tampa Bay is a better team. Um... And I think that they'll 
probably end up winning their division if New Orleans doesn't. I like New Orleans at the beginning, and I still do, but the only thing that's giving me hesitancy now is the last two weeks with Carr yelling at people on the sideline, and like, Kamara didn't give two craps, and I think Kamara's kind of right, like, dude, who are you in comparison to me? Like, I balled out for this city, you have not, you just got here, and like, you know, I, because they have talent, Ola's good, uh, Michael Thomas is good, uh, they have, you know, a decent running game with Kamara and uh, Montgomery, I believe. Or not uh, Montgomery, no, uh, I'm sorry. Uh, Williams. Yeah, from the Lions uh, from last year. Yeah. Uh, yeah, so th- they have a pretty nice offense. Um, I picked them to win, but not like a very good record. So I think it's going to be a bloodbath, but I would say it's between New Orleans and Tampa Bay. I, I said New Orleans at the beginning, but right now I'm leaning towards Tampa Bay just because of these little riffs in the locker room but yeah. new orleans could still do it they have the talent but do they want it like i kind of get why Derek carr is getting so frustrated at their at the receivers because they are supposed to be there where he's throwing it but the thing is they're not and as a quarterback you have to adjust to that like there's no way you could even say that he was surrounded by top tier wide receiving uh talent that always hit their marks in on the Raiders, like Hunter yeah. Renfro, <laughs> he had Hunter, yeah, <laughs> he had one year with uh, Devontae Adams, but like you can't say that he's just used to it or knows how the wide receiver should be acting or anything like that. Like these are good wide receivers, and they are just not where they're supposed to be. So you, as a quarterback, just have to throw to where they are, right? Like, at a certain point, like, like Olave is crapping out on some plays early. To be fair. But don't overthrow him by 10 yards. Right. I mean, and out of bounds. Yeah. Like, I thought Carr is a fine quarterback, but I mean, I feel like he's acting like he's top five and he came here to be like the, the new Drew Brees or something. Like, you're, you're not. I mean, this team was like a borderline fringe playoff team, but you're lucky that you're in such an easy division that you have a chance to actually have a year. And. I mean, I feel like if they were, you know, you were just talking about the AFC North's the best. If they were in that division, oh, things would be not looking this good. So you play Atlanta, you play Tampa Bay, and you play Carolina. Those are pretty easy matchups. And I don't know. I mean, this this should work out for them. I, you know, we play this division this year, so we will yeah. see New Orleans. We've lost to Tampa, and we've beat Carolina. So, um, yeah, if we beat Atlanta, that's... That's pretty big with that division. That could really, you know, clear a path for for uh, New Orleans. They're they're definitely not out of it. I mean, four, three, 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 and three and four. They're all like within one game or half a game of each other. It's they're another all competitively blood mediocre. Right? Yeah, they're 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 fighting for the fourth seed because we know the other three divisions are going to be the top three seeds. Yeah. They're sending a fourth seed and nothing else. They have two right now, but I feel like the Vikings are creeping back up. I'd even trust the Rams to make it over. Um, Atlanta I, and Tampa and New Orleans there's no way in hell both of them make it there's just no way but we saw Atlanta they were leading for a long time then they fell out and they just got their playoff spot back so they're proving to, they're gonna be competitive this whole year and that's with Ritter who's eh, probably the, the third best quarterback in that division I'd say he's better than uh the Carolina rookie but I'd still put Carr in Mayfield ahead of him for and sure. I, and I would still take the Carolina rookie over. Right oh, yeah. Yeah, I'd take him over. Team. Yeah. Just as at a performance level right now. Right. 
So yeah, I mean it's uh it's it's competitive right now. So just to go over the divisions or uh, the playoff picture right now, you got KC number one, Miami number two, Baltimore number three, Jacks number four, Pittsburgh number five, Cleveland number six, and Buffalo number seven. Moving to the NFC, we have Philly at one, Detroit at two, San Fran at three, Atlanta at four, Seattle at five, Dallas at six, and Tampa at seven. So that's the playoff picture as of today uh it's definitely going to be a lot more fluctuating as the season goes on since we're still early but it's it's fun to talk about the early playoff picture to me um but yeah that's uh that's pretty much it for me anything else you wanted to say uh no 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 i just uh as a little addition to the nfc south talk i would be very curious as to the last time the nfc south has sent a wild card team it has to have been at least six years I'll look into it more, but... Well, it can't be that long ago. I mean, you had Atlanta with a lot of glory years with Julio Jones and Matt Ryan. I mean, they were consistent and, like, competitive all those years. They weren't Super Bowl, but they were... They made it the one year, but they were certainly competitive. Uh, Tampa Bay, they had the string with uh, Brady, but I'm pretty sure that was after the division had, like, pretty much collapsed. Yeah, that was uh, Um, post-Matt Ryan. Yeah, so I think they they always had their division. There was no wild card with them. Uh, New Orleans had Drew Brees for years, and I think that coincides with um, Matt Ryan. And then Cam Newton, I believe, coincides with that, too. Yeah, so but they, that was all six years ago. Right. So yeah, you might be right, but yeah, it's it's not that long ago. Like they had elite quarterbacks all around. Yeah. <laughs> now, now this division is just like completely flip flopped. <laughs> NFL's crazy, man. Yeah. NFL's crazy. Yeah, it's damn six years. Maybe you're you might be right. Yeah. I can't remember when Breeze retired, and I mean I know Newton was probably done like eighteen or nineteen. Or... Breeze, I think, retired two to three years ago, and Cam Newton. He's not technically retired still, but I think he left uh, the Panthers in, I want to say, 2018? Yeah, something like I that. S- I want to say it was just after the Falcons' Super Bowl. So, yeah. Yeah, it's all, I mean, it's all in recent memory, but I guess it is It is kind of getting old now. Yeah. So, yeah, yeah, I guess you're right. Uh, we'll have to look into that for next time. But I, I suppose before we go, too, we should do predictions on the Packers game. Uh, I, I think the Vikings are going to come out on top. Uh, right, what do you think? Oh, yeah. The Vikings come out on top. But I'm going to take it a step further and say that the Vikings finally get a game win with more than a one-possession lead. I could see us winning by 10. I could see that. Or 13. I could see that. I would take 9. Okay. 9. Yeah. Yeah, it's, it's gonna be, I think it's going to be a fairly competitive game, but I, I think the Vikings are just... We're a step better, and... Uh, that's kind of was the issue is turnovers and drops. And that's kind of a lot of that's luck too, as much as it is skills. So if our luck's turning around, um, good luck Packers. We might steamroll you. Yeah. Steamroll you with a whole two possession win. <laughs> but uh, yeah, that's uh, it for this episode then. So uh, hopefully we'll have a three game win streak when we come back. Um, thank you very much for coming, Andrew. I appreciated it. Yeah. Um, I'm going to be sad not to be on the podcast next week, unfortunately. But we'll get them back in two weeks. um, And then, well, hopefully, hopefully, I shouldn't quote it. Um, Yeah, and uh, thank you so much for listening. I really appreciate everything. And uh, that's it. Have a good one. Jordan Adams, signing off.
We finally hear her at hip hop's like a golden age. Write my Bible to y'all, this another page. Flow my anger and frustration. Intense from fans, I'm appreciating. I've inspired a few and accomplished a goal. Now I'm after the 